Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to a new edition of Cardscast. Senior writer Michael McCammon of Cardinal Authority here with Cardinal Authority publisher Jody Demling. Lots to get through on the show here today, uh, Jody. Uh, let's start off. I mean, we, first of all, we've got uh, basketball, which is now number six in the country, is continuing to, to plug along there on a five-game winning streak. Also going to touch base on the recently released uh, football schedule for the Cardinal football pro- football team. And, of course, uh, fo- uh, recruiting is always a hot topic. So let's uh, get to it. And let's start with it, with this basketball team. Again, as I mentioned, five games in a row uh, that they've won, including the big win of the Cameron Indoor Stadium, climbing back up into the top ten and looking like a team that, that is starting to find themselves. they kind of gone from a team that really looked like uh, last year tried to find ways to lose to now, even when they get into these difficult situations, they're figuring out how to win. Yeah, that's that's the diff, that's the thing, Michael. And look, I mean, I think we saw the game the other night. I, I think these games, um, I think a lot of these games are going to be like this. You know what I mean? Like, I believe, yeah. I, I, I just think they're going to be um, – they're going to be difficult. They're going to be hard. They're going to make it hard on each other. You know, they're going to make it hard on each other and uh, to, 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 to close out games for whatever reason. Uh, it's going to be an up and down season. That's that's what it's going to be. But I do think that unlike last year, this team has grown and taken a step in the fact that, I mean, they're closing games. I mean, yeah. a couple of these games we've seen recently, I think would have probably been losses last year, Michael. Yeah, I think, you know, look at Georgia Tech. I mean, and, you know, really that was a, a three-pointer from Georgia Tech away from a loss potentially. But, you know, the, the ball bounces the right way. And sometimes that's that's what you need. But still, uh, in that game, they were a down, uh, you know, by double digits, found a way to overcome that and overcame it pretty quickly. And then for some reason or another, which kind of is unfortunate, a little bit of the identity of this team is they do build these leads and, and lose them. But, you know, I think it's also fair to, to keep it in check about how much, you know, how, much parity there is in college basketball, even in the ACC, especially in the ACC uh, this year. But as you pointed out, instead of these becoming L's, they're becoming wins for this team. You know, and they had multiple times at Duke. I mean, the Blue Devils made run after run after run at them, and you saw Louisville respond not once but multiple times throughout the game uh, at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And, and it, I think it does show a growing period that this team is going through. We heard Coach Mack talk about uh, you know his the, the team needing to improve tougher, becoming more dif- uh, tougher physically and mentally. I think we're seeing that the way they are finding ways to, to win the games. And I think one of the, the important byproducts of all this is, you know, they've been able to do some of this without Jordan War, their All-American candidate, having huge offensive numbers. You know, and I don't think if, even if we rewind the clock to earlier in this season, those are probably losses. But because of the way they've been able to grow and gain confidence and obviously the emergence of David Johnson in the last couple of games, it's now become more of a team instead of let's see what Jordan does and cross your fingers and see what we get a W. Yeah, I mean, I think Jordan I think Jordan was terrible in the in the in the, in the Georgia Tech game. Uh, I don't think there's any any way around even kind of. Uh, saying anything different. I just think he just didn't. It, it was the worst game I think we've seen him play, in my opinion, the worst game we've seen him play. Um, when you look at moving forward, though, 
with the emergence of David Johnson and with Samuel Williamson playing a high at a higher yeah. level, I think that helps Louisville more than more than anything. You're not going to get games like that from Jordan very often, unfortunately, or hopefully we don't you don't get one at a time in the tournament when when you need when you when you when you have to have him. Uh, but I think what I think what, what Samuel and David do with their emergence is they make it so it doesn't put so much pressure uh, on on a guy like uh, Dwayne Sutton to make you know a couple big three pointers at the end like he had to at Notre Dame. You know he's going to do that every now and then. David's going to score his. If you have more options, it just makes it easier, and you don't have to worry about one uh, or two guys now. At the point guard position, I, I think I think we all see David probably when David is in there. David Louisville is at its best, but I don't know that they're going to move. Uh, I don't know that they're going to change the lineup just yet. I think they'll probably kind of keep it the same right now, and I and I say that just because I, I think it's good to get David. A, little, a few minutes of watching the game on the bench and then get him in there. Let him see how uh, this this game is being. As a freshman, I think that's going to help more than anything. I agree. And, I mean, what about the kids' confidence, though? I mean, you know, you don't see that much, you know, from true freshman point guards, especially when they're coming off an injury where their season got to a slow start because of that, you know, kept them limited in practice and all that. But, man, he's just coming in and not afraid at all you know, to attack the rim and, even against the bigs, I mean, he's had a shot blocked back, you know, in his direction a few times, but it doesn't seem to hinder his confidence at all, which just seems to continue to grow. I mean, and so as you point out, he as well as Samuel, who was making a big leap, I think as well, you know, ad- additional depth and additional threats, not just guys that come in and, and give somebody a breather for a few minutes, but now guys that can come in and score as well. And you mentioned Dwayne Sutton, you know, and I think we also need to, you know, bring out obviously Malik Williams and, and what he's, you know, meant to the team, especially late in the games and, I was looking at a stat on the game notes that, that Kenny Klein put together for uh, this weekend's game against Clemson. And, and those two, Dwayne Sutton and Malik Williams, in the last five minutes, I mean, those guys have just been clutch lately. I mean, they counted for basically 50% of the points in the last five games during the last five minutes of the contest. So those two really stepping up when it needs to be stepped up, you know, to, to pull out a W in sometimes very difficult situations. So it, well, it, I think, things, I think things that, really seem to be trending in the right way. Yeah, and, and and I was kind of saving Malik for a second because I think yeah. Malik Williams in the last uh, two games, while David Johnson had his breakout game at Duke, and, and we all know he was the best player on the floor, I thought Malik Williams probably, when you look at it the last two games, has been the most valuable player. I think he, yeah. I think he was uh, certainly in, in the Georgia Tech game. What he has done is, is just take his game – you know, to the next level. I mean, he is, he is looking, uh, he, he has done, he's looking like the guy we all thought he could be before, before the season started, uh, before he got his injury. Now, the other night he did, he did go down a couple times. That foot got tweaked a little bit. He tweaked his knee a little bit more than anything. I, he's fine from what I've been told. Uh, but, but at the end of the game, it was one of those things where a couple times, if you recall, he went down and, it was uh, it was he was slow to get back up. So that's the one thing with Malik that I do worry about more than anything is he's a little injury prone. I mean, I, I hate to say that, but uh, uh, but we need to keep Malik healthy and uh, and Malik needs to keep playing like he is. And he's another one. 
Uh, you know, Stephen Enoch has not played well since the Kentucky game, really, to be quite honest. And uh, he's missing shots that he normally would have made. So, you know, Louisville's, Louisville has won. Louisville's been on this streak where I don't think Jordan Wara has been uh, the player of the year in the ACC like I think he can. And Stephen Enoch hasn't been up to his standards of what he can do. So that bodes well. It bodes well for the future and it bodes well for the next few games because hopefully those guys kind of get out of this funk. Yeah, 16-3 and three currently as Clemson comes in this weekend. 7-1 in the ACC sitting atop. Uh, the ACC ladder right there with, with Florida State, which, of course, is Seminoles gave Louisville its only league loss of the season. But the, you, know, you really got to like where they are sitting at this point into the season. You know, equaling the school's best start in program history in, since they joined the ACC uh, at 7-1. So certainly a good spot and clearly a lot of room to grow. But you can't see this team getting tougher physically. You can see them tougher getting mentally. And, you know, now new guys such as DJ and Sam Williamson are making the important strides that you need as you start to get to, you know, to the back end of the schedule. And obviously things are starting to vie for, you know, their bracketology positions, which, you know, following, you know, with this five game win streak, the win at Duke, the team has climbed from number four on the projection mark, you know, up to two uh, on the projections for a number of the bracketology experts. So certainly trending in the right way. And uh, you know, a game this weekend, they should win against the Tigers. But as we've seen, you know, it's probably going to take all 40 minutes and probably be a little bit closer than, than we anticipate. But the way it's trending, it should be the sixth game in a row. Yeah, no, I, I it, it should be. Um, you know, I think, um, it, you know, what, what, look, big picture thing for me, and I don't, I don't want to skip ahead. Although we're not, uh, we're not a coach, we're not players, so we can think ahead. <laughs> big picture it. thing for me, you know, I was looking at it, and and I still look, I look at the, I look at the net rankings, but I still look at the at the RPI uh, yeah. quite a bit, just because I think over course of time. Um, RPI is, uh, has been pretty solid. So for me, it, it's a good indication for me, um, a, a, about where things are. Louisville is 10th, uh, in the RPI, by the way, Kansas is number one. So, uh, with all these suspensions, they'll probably be, but be bumping down from there a little bit, uh, uh, from the, from that spot. But, but Louisville is 10th and, and to me really over the course of the next, you know, six or seven games, we all know Virginia that that's going to be a tough game, no matter how bad Virginia is or people think they are, or no matter how they can not score or whatever. But to me, the key game is at NC State next weekend. I, I, I like I said, I'm not looking ahead. Louisville should win against Clemson on Saturday. They should win at Boston College, although that was a tough game. That was a, a bad game there last year. They should win at Boston College on Wednesday. I think next Saturday at NC State is kind of the key game. Uh, almost for the rest of the season for this team, because if they can get through the next three games, um, then I, I think it's uh, it's I don't want to say smooth sailing, but until you play at Florida State late in the season, um, you're going to be favored by probably double digits in most games. Yeah, I mean the, the schedule certainly lays out for them to create. To, you know, obviously they have to win these games, but that's that's what we're doing. We're prognosticating a little bit, but the schedule certainly looks favorable for them to you know try to create some space leading up to that to that key Florida State uh, game down Tallahassee or yeah down in Tallahassee on February 24th. So really looking forward to to how things progress over the coming weeks. But uh, speaking of the ACC, as we mentioned, the football schedule uh, came out uh, and. And it's a doozy. Uh, you know, this is this is one of those schedules, you know, that 
Louisville fans and media and everybody have been clamoring for uh, for a long time, and, and it's it's an impressive one. You mentioned NC State; it's going to open up against the Wolfpack on September third, a Thursday night game. But they get right into it, you know, back to back ACC games, and then going to Clemson in in their second game after a week off. But Jody, looking at the schedule, it's one that even though you got Clemson in the front end, if you can get that first win, could set you up to a nice start before you get into a really kind of a kind of a meat grinder to finish off the season. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it, it definitely is, Michael. It's ex- it's an exciting it's an exciting start, uh, in in uh, in a in a season with a lot of what I think will be a lot of promise. Um, it's it, I don't want to say it's I don't want to say it's an easy start, but it's uh, it's manageable. Is that don't you think? I mean, you think manageable oh, yeah. is the right word? Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, as I mentioned, it's a state you open up, which is not, you know, not going to be an easy game at all. I mean, it's, it, the Wolfpack usually are a nice challenge, but you like that to, being at home. You can get off to a 1-0 start in, in, in league play to kick you off your season, just like the basketball team did this year down in Miami. That's obviously a huge plus. And then your second game going to Clemson, obviously you're going to be the underdog. We'll have a lot of ground to make up to before they can get to, to really annually competing with Clemson. But, you know, you got to start, and it looks like Scott Satterfield and his staff are, are certainly pointing that direction, and, and that's their goal is to overtake Clemson. And then, you know, you got Murray State, Western Kentucky, should be a couple wins. Before you do back-to-back uh, conference road games at Syracuse and at Boston College, all of those, again, with the exception of Clemson, are games that I think Louisville has a really strong chance of winning. And you never know what's going to happen in Death Valley, but Louisville certainly would have to have a, a perfect game. So, you know, I think the, the key is that Saturday, October 24th game, I think Louisville has the chance to go in there with just one loss at Clemson when they uh, host Florida State at Cardinal Stadium. And what really could decide, OK, who's going to finish again behind Clemson in that uh, in the Atlantic Division? So once you get past that, you know, who knows, because it's going to be, you know, like I said, kind of a more of a meat grinder and in the season. But I think that October 24th game against Florida State is going to let us know where Louisville is probably going to end up, you know, the regular season. I think North Carolina State will be a tough game, but it's the opening game of the year. you got plenty of time to uh, – you have plenty of time to uh, prepare for that, and, and, and you should be ready for that. Um, I think that you get 10 days to prepare for Clemson. I know it's going to take a monumental effort to beat Clemson, but I do like the fact you get 10 days. You get a couple of weeks. You get a couple of weeks of games. You should win Murray State, Western Kentucky, which will be. I think Western will be a, a lot better team uh, next year. They ended up being a really good team this year, but a much better team next year. But you should win those two games. Syracuse is weird because this is the first time in four trips. Um, so really, that's eight years. That's uh, six six years, I guess. Well, the first time in the, since Global's been in the ACC that you're playing Syracuse on a, on not on a Friday night in in Syracuse, which is kind of just odd. Uh, yeah. that has that happened. And then at Boston College, those are both games you should win. Um, I think one of them, you know, I think I think you'll probably be see they'll be severely tested in one of them. I'm not sure which one it'll be yet. Uh, we'll see how the new coach does at Boston College and uh, we'll see if Syracuse can rebound. But the key thing for me then moving forward is you have a week off before Florida State. You get a get the rest and you get to go into the last part, the tough part of your schedule. And you start it with Florida State off of a bye week at home Louisville should win that game but it's going to be tough and I think Florida State's I to me I think Florida State has had the talent I think they've had everything in place in recent years besides the coaching um so it'll be interesting to see uh just what happens to that team after that it's just you know and somebody on, on the board used brutal 
I would say the only reason I would say brutal is because you don't have a break and it's yeah. probably, you know, you've probably got three of your toughest five games of the season, four of your toughest five games of the season in the final, um, in the final six weeks. And that's Florida state. Um, you know, you ended at Notre Dame and at Kentucky and in the middle, you've got Virginia tech at Virginia and wake forest. Now, Virginia tech, we're not certain on just how good they will be, but at Virginia's is, uh, is tough. It's been tough to win there always for Louisville, no matter what, and they'll still be very good. Uh, yeah. And then you've got Wake Forest. So it's, Michael, it's daunting the, uh, to think about the fact um, that in, in year two, some people, uh, <laughs> some people are talking about nine and 10 <laughs> wins for Scott Satterfield. <laughs> it just cracks me up, which, yeah. hey, I'm not saying we're not ones talking about it, but, but I just mean, it's like, can you really, I can't believe that we're actually talking about that, but hey, guess what? Let's try to do it. And, uh, uh, and, and see what they can do. They definitely have the talent to win a bunch of games next year. Yeah, I mean, I think realistically they've got a great shot of being 5-1 and one when they do welcome Florida State into Cardinal Stadium October 24th. And I'm really looking forward to that Halloween game against Virginia Tech. Obviously, Louisville has not yet faced the Hokies uh, since joining the ACC with them over in the Coastal. So really looking forward to, to seeing what that environment's like. I think it's going to probably be a pretty exciting one. And it's going to be on Halloween. You know, so it's going to be an exciting season. Obviously, the road trip to Notre Dame ended off with Kentucky. Uh, hopefully bringing the Governor's Cup back to Cardinal Stadium. You know, so it's a, a great schedule on one that the Louisville fans are certainly lo- looking forward to. And, hey, it won't be long until we're starting to cover spring practice. So really looking forward to it. Well, and Michael, they – Michael, yeah, and they don't – look, this Virginia Tech's the last team in the ACC that Louisville plays in this whole yep. rotation thing. And they're not on the schedule again until at least 2026. So, <laughs> so it, it's just crazy how it works out and how it is in in this league. But that's just the way it is. Now, I, I have been I, I have been hearing, and we've been hearing this for a year and a half now. So I don't know that it's actually something that's going to happen. But we've always we keep hearing that they're going to change the thing. They're going to keep changing the thing of the, uh, you know, how you do how you t- the teams or the crossover teams and this and that. Um, I, like I said, I, I've heard that for years, so I, I'm not going to say that it's going to be true. But we'll we'll just have to wait and see, uh, you know, if it is. So hey, uh, let's go into some recruiting real quick. Um, you know, uh, as far as as Scott Satterfield and his staff are concerned. I am so impressed, and I know some people think, oh, all this walk-on talk, people are talking. Look, this is this is impressive. This is something that uh, uh, that they put a lot of time into. It's not easy to get a kid to walk on. Uh, every kid that plays college, high school football, um, that, that starts high school football, that is a contributor on a team, thinks that he should have a scholarship. His mom and dad think they should have a scholarship. His grandparents, his coaches, everybody around him always thinks a little bit different than what maybe is possible. And if you look at a kid, I'm not going to single any kid out, but take any kid that Louisville's got. They right now have 12 kids in state committed to walk on. All those kids, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's an insult, but in a way, the, a kid takes it as an insult when a coach even brings up the word walk on to them. And I understand that because you work hard, you try to get to where you want to be and you try to get to a high level. 
for Scott Satterfield and his staff to now have 12 in-state, three or four out-of-state, and potentially seven or eight more walk-ons coming to this program next season speaks volumes for the culture change. It speaks volumes for the way this staff is with kids and what they have built already. And it also speaks volumes for the fact that kids see Marshawn Ford played a lot, even though he didn't play a ton. Maurice Berkeley was in there. He had a starting role as a kickoff returner and got some reps as uh, you know, a running back. Tyler Haycraft was in there. Other Jack Fago was in there, played a ton of reps. This staff has built something with this walk-on thing uh, that is fun to watch. It's fun to see. And quite honestly, Michael, they've got some guys that are going to contribute that are walk-ons. Yeah, Dana Canard, another guy that, uh, you know, I, I, I knew I said, yes, I knew I missed one. Yes. <laughs> you know, but it really, obviously, I think the most visible one was uh, Marshawn Ford. You know, obviously, it shows uh, the, the reality of the things that the coaches talk about. You're not a coach, you know, not just from Louisville, but from coaches across the country about being a family or, you know, rewarding, you know, the efforts on the field. But this is a staff that when you really see them back up the words that they're saying, you know, and we've heard from day one, look, we don't care who you are. We're going to give you the opportunity to take that opportunity and shine. It's going to be yours. We saw that come to fruition, you know, with you, you listed the names off there, you know, in year one. And those guys became contributors. Again, looking at Marshawn Ford and the number of touchdowns, you know, that, that he pulled in. You know, for the Cardinals this past fall, you know, and it's also out of need, you know, it's building the team, you know, giving them additional depth, which you need certainly as spring practice comes up and, and throughout the fall camp and things like that. You know, so it's it's fulfilling multiple needs. But, yeah, I mean, and, and the, but the quality of kids that they're bringing in and these kids knowing that because of what they just saw last year do have an opportunity to go from being a preferred walk on to an actual scholarship player, you know, again, like you said, speaks volumes of Scott Satterfield and his, his staff and what they're trying to build here. Well, and they've got they've got some defensive linemen. That's the thing too. Yeah. I mean, Ethan uh, Ethan Wine from the kid from Corbin uh, uh, will have a chance to play. Mason Rieger is a kid uh, who I will uh, write a story about later today. He's from um, up near Chicago, Hoffman's Estate, Illinois, um, and he is a kid uh, that uh, that is really talented. Uh, that they've got to, that they just got yesterday to walk on um, a bigger kid that's going to play uh, kind of the kind of that. Uh, uh, I, I think he'll end up playing like a defensive outside defensive end or even that outside linebacker. But again, some guys that that are going to make uh, and then Ryan Harwell, the punter, obviously yep. some guys that are that are going to make a difference and uh, and they're not finished. Um, there's at least five right now of guys, five or six guys. Uh, right now, including Hale Bowler, who's uh, Will Stein's uh, cousin, uh, who is uh, from St. Xavier, an outside linebacker, who are just waiting to get accepted into uh, school. And once they do, they will announce that. Now, it's Saturday red carpet event this weekend, uh, and they've got a bunch of juniors and some uh, and some sophomores uh, that are coming in and, and going to spend the day with uh, with the staff. Anwar Sparrow, uh, who we reported on on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, from Virginia Beach, but right now, from what I understand, he's the only official visit, um, but there will be about 50 kids, a lot of the top in-state kids, Jack Dingle from Trinity, Jordan Dingle from Bowling Green, uh, Dakel Crowdis from uh, from uh, Frederick Dov- Douglas, uh, uh, Jordan Lovett from, uh, from North Harden, the top kids 
in the state. Dane Key from Frederick Douglass, a 2022 kid. Uh, Saleh Brown from Mayo, the 2022 kid. Those those kids will be here this weekend uh, for a, a little visit on uh, on Saturday. And uh, it'll be exciting to see uh, what they do with this 2021 class, Michael. Yeah, you know, and they're really going after, you know, obviously, as we've seen, and we've been covering it, Cardinal Thornton, you know, some elite-level talent. I mean, they're going in, you know, they've got that game plan where they're going to go head-to-head with the, with the nation's elite. And you've got the goal, you know, to compete with Clemson for the ACC. You've got to go with similar type of kids. And, you know, and I'm not saying they're, this, this 21-20, this 20-21 class is going to be full of four and five stars, but they're certainly targeting those kids in the areas of need. Uh, and going out and visiting with them now in the schools and getting to know them, build relationships with, with not only the players but their coaches. And, and it's been interesting to see how they've really kicked off their 2021 recruiting efforts. And impressive, you know, early with the kids again that they've targeted. So, and again, we've we'll have that continually covered. At, at, it, and really looking forward to hearing the feedback. We're actually going to hear from Scott Satterfield tomorrow. He's going to visit with the media a little bit. So, looking forward to getting his thoughts on, on how things are progressing as well. Yep, and the last thing real quick, I know, uh, uh, Michael, while we're doing this, um, uh, the list will be up on the board as far as the guys who are uh, who are making unofficial visits, and we'll have as many uh, responses from the guys as we can get as uh, as the weekend goes. It should be a fun weekend, uh, Louisville and Clemson uh, on uh, on Saturday, and then uh, the, the Louisville women trying to get win number 20 against uh, Pittsburgh. Should be a, a win on, on against Pittsburgh. I think they're 295 in the RPI. So uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the women with uh, a bit of a breather on Sunday, it appears, uh, before they play Notre Dame and the USA women's national team next week uh, at the KFC Yum yeah, Center. For Michael McCammon, I'm Jody Demling, the publisher of CardinalAuthority.com. We will see you next time on the Cards Cast. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.